It's really good to be back with you guys, um, and uh, yeah, we're doing things a bit different this morning. Thought to share first, and then we're going to have a proper time to worship together. Um, I'm just going to jump straight in, man. And uh, you know, one of the things, just as I was as I was away and as I was considering us praying for us, praying for the church. I don't know who have you found with God. Sometimes there are extremes with the Lord that we have to have intention, you know. Like, on the one side, God is like this, and on the other side, He's completely like this. Have you, have you, have you guys found, like, with God, it's like he, there's not always, like, a balance with Him. Like, some of the stuff is just extreme, and we have to learn how to walk with it. I'm thinking um, one of the things that I, I remember always having a question with kids at school. They would say... Um, God says you're not allowed to murder, okay? It's, it's true, ne? Yet the Israelites murdered as far as they went. And God said you must go and kill them. Have you guys considered that? Ne? Uh, this is one random example. I'm digging a hole for myself, you know, right at the start. But it's like, um, I don't want to explain that one now. But like, like the same God who says you shall not murder. Like on the one side, he's got this extreme other side where he actually said to you, you go and you drive them out. And you're like, how does it work with God? And I think sometimes we, if we get stuck, we want to try and understand how it works. We, we can actually get stuck and we, we don't know God well. And that's when we, people start choosing, no, surely God can't be like that. He must be like this. And we, we actually create a Jesus that we like. And, um, and you know, even today we can do that. And I think one of the extremes of bringing it to us now, what I considered for us as a church, just coming out of last term, one of the big things we did was actually looked at authority and submission and rule and rank in the house of God and how that plays out. And we can see that God actually installed it. And we, and I mean, if you were at that Thursday night meeting, you know, I think most of us were there, where we, now only two, but um, we, that night where we, where we actually looked at how God installed rank in the house of God. It's like, and so, and we, we put it on this side where we're like, man, actually we can find favor with God through submitting to men. And like, wow, okay. And, uh, and we looked at that and it's completely True, 100% God. And then I felt the Lord wanted to do it to this way, and he wants to swing it completely this side again this morning. And it's not one or the other. It's actually like Andrew said, it's like how we need to learn how to walk on a tightrope, you know, with that stick, that, that we need to learn to balance, actually, some of the things that God all the intention. And um, I, uh, um, when I was in Jaybay, I'll be very honest, it was one, one Sunday that I was like, I just want to surf today and not, not want to go to church. I'll, I'll confess, okay? And, uh, and Mona and I went to look at waves the morning, and like no matter how hard we tried, there was just nothing, okay? And we, we get back to camp, and our wives are like, oh, why don't we go to the Oxygen Life here in PE? And both of us were really hoping for a break the one time that we were away from church, and we're like, in the end, okay, yeah, okay, we'll go. And it's like five to nine, and we try and get changed and whatever. Race to church. We got there late for the first time ever. It felt like I was late for church. And, um, but on the way there, I actually said to the Lord, okay, Jesus, I, I know it'll be good for me to be with your people. I, I want to sit under your word. It'll be, it's great. I'm coming with the expectation. Okay. That's kind of the, I, I managed to shift my heart before I got there. Okay. And, um, and it was, so we, we get there and we started worship and worship is great. And then the one moment the guy started playing an old song. I don't know if you remember it. Um, it's called God, I look to you. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say. <laughs> and it's a, it's a, anyway, it's like it starts with, it's a, God, I look to you, you're where my help comes from. And um, I'm not going to do the whole song, we'll do it later. And, uh, but as we, as we started singing it, suddenly God was in the room. And, um, and I don't know if you felt that recently again, but like we're busy and we're going about and we were supposed to, we wanted to serve this morning and suddenly God is just there. Woof. And, uh, 
And I, I also didn't know what to do with it. I was like, whoa, Jesus is here. And I was like, um, okay, God, what are you trying to say? And, um, and just as we sung through the song, I, I realized, so it was, like I said, it was half work, half play. I actually went to spend time with Morna and Irina, where they oversee us as a church um, to to degree and often help us with health stuff, just how to build well and whatever. So and I went through the week like, needing help. It's like, okay, help me to build well. So I was looking for wisdom, okay, from him. It's like, help me, what do I do here? What, I, what should I do about this? What, what do you think? What do you see for us? And um, I realized the whole week I was waiting for a man to help me. And as we started singing it, I just felt the Lord said, look to me. I'm where your help comes from. If you need vision, look to me and I'll tell you what to do. And it's like, and, and suddenly jumping from this extreme of be submitting to men, honoring rank, uh, authority in the house of God. It felt like God just reminded me, remember that I'm also your God and I'm a personal God. And look to me. Don't start looking to those just around you and, and ignoring me to a sense. Look to me. And um, it, it was quite a moment for me actually. Now I, I could feel like, you know, and then he said, the, the chorus says, I will love you, God, my rock. I'll love you, Lord, my shield. I'll love you, God, my strength. And just as, as we started singing it, it's like I could feel faith coming into my heart. And, um, and I wouldn't say it wasn't even that, that my heart was troubled when I was away. It's not like I'm carrying something really heavy at the moment. But just as I declared, God is my rock and my safe place, my fortress. It's like I could feel my heart did this. It's like I was, I was home with God. Have you felt that before? Where suddenly you could just feel this is actually where I'm supposed to be. He's, he's a safe place for me. And I, just in worship, I started reading, and I, um, I'm running a little bit ahead of myself already now, but um, I, I just, um, you can maybe put up Psalm 18 for me from this one. And, uh, and I, I just started reading it when, I was, when, when we were in worship. And Psalm 18 says this, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock. He's my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He's my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I'm saved from my enemies. I think verse 6 is still there. If you go to verse 6, it says, In my distress, I call to the Lord, and I cry to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. And, um, and suddenly, you now just declaring who the Lord is, it's like there came peace. In the middle of a storm, which I wasn't even aware there was a storm necessarily, okay? Things doesn't have to be chaos for us to, to really have to get to a safe place, all right? And it's like se- uh, there was a settling that came as I declared, this is who the Lord is. He's my rock, my shield, my fortress, and my safe place. And, um, you know, I think just, and just considering this, what I want to encourage us even going into this word, um, there's a real danger for us often as a, as a, as a people, and I, I'm including myself here with, with you now, that um, understanding this on the one side, that God has placed leaders over us, and, and it's right for us. We, we submit ourselves under that fully, okay? So I'm not disqualifying anything that we said two, two three weeks ago, okay? It's fully the Lord's picture, yeah? But if we become dependent on this for our relationship with God, we actually fall off the, the bandwagon. You know, and in the Old Testament, it was like that where, where the Lord had one prophet or a judge or a king or whoever who was the man of God and he, he stood in the gap between the people and the Lord. And uh, when they did something wrong, this guy had to go to the Lord on their behalf and he, he almost walked up their relationship with God. And their, their full purpose as a, as a people was, we'll be there on the Sunday 
and you tell us what the Lord says. And we're going to go home, we're going to do our things. Next week, Sunday, I'm putting it in, in, in inverted commas now, whatever day it was, so going to the temple, we'll be there, and you as our priest or our prophet or whatever, you hear from the Lord for us, and we'll be there, and you let us know what to do. And um, I think sometimes we tend to fall in very much of the same trap today, where we, we even as a church can say, look, we'll be there on Sundays and Wednesdays, you full-time, hear for us what the Lord says, you let us know on Sunday, and we'll do it. And uh, it's a very dangerous place for us, where um, actually we're not that. And I actually spoke to the elders on Friday morning, and I said, even for us, we have to be careful that we don't step into that place, because we're not that. All right? We are not the mediators between you guys and the Lord and hearing on behalf of you guys for God. No, man. It's like it's different. I think there's, again, again understanding why the Lord installed authority. So there's that. There's leadership. There's, there is that. But God actually calls us to, we work with your faith, not lord it over your faith. It's we come alongside you and, and lead you into what God has for you, but we are not um, the mediators between the people and God. And, um, and so... Um, I want to read this, Hebrews 1, it's, it says this, in the past, and, and this is important, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom he also made the universe. And I want to remind us that in the past, it worked like that, the way God spoke to us through the prophets and through some ways, and there were different ways that he spoke to us, but in these last days, God is speaking to us through Jesus. And he's speaking to us. You, um, we don't need the, the someone else to, to stand in the gap for us anymore. Jesus tore that veil. That was a significance when he died and that veil tore. He says now all of us can enter in and we can have, we can connect with him. And I just want to start off the gate here again, or off the bat this morning. I want to remind us, guys, as a church, you need to look to Jesus. Where your help comes from. You need to look to him. You need to find him. You need to search for him with all of your heart. He's available for you. And um, one of the things I did on this trip is I stopped at one of our congregations. And long story short, this is a church that came through a tear. And this is bad stuff that happened, you know. And I just asked the guy, how did it go? And how's that process going? And he shared with me. And uh, what he said, he said, I was going to say, what was like the catalyst? Why did you guys feel in the end you need to leave and, and, and that you're going to move away, you know? And he said this, it came to a place where he preached one day that as a, as a people of God, it's good for us to have quiet time and connect with God. And someone came to him after church, Afrikaans guy, okay? And he says to him, and he says to him, if you tell us again that we need to spend time with God and pray, I'm leaving this church. I don't have time for that. That's why we're coming to church. And, uh, and, 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 and I mean, we laugh at that. But it was like, and, and this is not years ago. This is like this year, last year. Okay, and I, as I was listening to it, I was like, "Can you imagine that as the people we can get there? We 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 believe that." And I, I realized actually, there's subtly this. I wonder if there's sometimes a fear for me that if I again preach on spending time with God, that it, that it can do the same thing to our hearts, even though we might not react like that. We can just like, "Man, we've heard this before. I know you want us to spend time with God. I tried it. I just can't do it. I don't have the time." And if our hearts are landing there, yes, we're in trouble. Because then, then we actually react in, that, in the same way. You know, we, we believe that in our hearts. Then. And um, I, uh, I really just want to stir us. This is where it's going again. It's desire to connect with the Lord. He wants to speak to you. We're going there again. 
we actually can't move past it. If we try and do anything outside of that, and we try and build church, and we try and do whatever we need to do, but we don't have a relationship with God, we are worth nothing. Okay? The Bible says that. John 15 says, remain in me, and I'll remain in you. If you don't remain in me, you cannot do anything. That's what the Bible says. And, um, and what I want to do today is, is really not bring it across as a heavy, as a get it right, get it right. It's not that. But I, just as I was praying and considering us, I think some of us maybe got to a point, some of you maybe got to a point where, where you became hopeless in like, man, I've tried to do this thing with God, and I've tried to get up in the morning and spend time with God, but when I read my Bible, it is just dry. And, um, and I think if, if the enemy gets us there where we said to us, like, I've tried that before, but but, but I can't win. He actually steals hope from us. And, and there's a feeling this morning, even as we, as we prayed this morning, there was a sense that God wants to bring hope this morning again, that He's available for you to find Him. He's available. And if there's any sense of discouragement or, discouragement or hopelessness that the enemy man, uh, managed to sneak in there, that you cannot spend time with God or you cannot connect with God, I want to fight the thing this morning. And I want to say that God is available for you. And when you seek Him, you will find Him because He promised it. But you need to seek. You need to seek. All right. Yes, I get so far from my notes up. Anyway, so I felt the Lord uh, remind me of a story. We're going to read together in Numbers 21. Um, but um, oh, let's say Numbers 21 verse 4. It says, speaking about the Israelites, so they're in the desert, they've been traveling around for some time. It says, and they, they traveled from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go, to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. And um, I'm, I'm going to, let, let me read it, then I'll, then I'll t- um, take out some pieces. The, piece, the people grew impatient on the way. And they spoke out against God, and they spoke out against Moses, and said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die here in the wilderness? There's no bread, there's no water, and we detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them, and they bit the people of Israel, and many Israelites died. Then the people came to Moses and said, We've sinned when we spoke out against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And then the Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole. And then anyone who was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. Incredible story, actually. And uh, I just want to um, pull some pieces for us out of it. It says, the first thing I think that jumped out at me when I was reading, it says that the people grew impatient. And, um, you know, I think it's a danger for us, even looking at myself. I'm quite a visionary, okay? And uh, I've been walking with a few people in the church lately, you know, just many of, many of you joined around about the same time when I joined this congregation, and we, we came into the same place. And Often, I don't know if you did it, but like people would ask you, where do you see yourself in five years' time or in ten years' time, okay? And um, have, you, have you guys had that before? Okay, especially when you're young, when you're in school, they, that's all they ask you, okay? It's like, I want to be a businessman, I want to be a millionaire, I don't know, whatever dreams you have, okay? And then you get five, ten years later, and you're like, yes, like, this is really not where I envisioned myself to be. Nah. And... Uh, and you, and you wonder, how did I even get here? And sometimes, like, I, I often look at guys whose marriages are falling apart, or um, there's just things are going really wrong in their life. It's like, 10 years ago, they didn't plan to sit with a broken marriage today. And, um, and, and somehow, stuff just happened along. Nobody chooses, from today, I'm going to mess up my life. No one does that. 
Okay? But somehow choice by choice, sometimes over the years, and disconnect from disconnect, it's like we lose way and we look back suddenly, it's like, wow, what happened? Yeah? And I think sometimes in church, and that's a, not an extreme case, but sometimes in church, it's like there's a desire in us, you know, it's like, by now I should have been further. Whatever the further is. Okay? And it's like, maybe there's certain things where we went wrong along the way, and we made wrong choices, and we, sometimes there's consequences when we're paying a price. But sometimes even if we were in step with God, and we were doing the right thing, we're walking with Him. The cloud is there, the fire is there by night, and we're walking with Him. And suddenly we grow impatient. It's like, I'm still in the desert. And I, I should have been there by now. Okay? And uh, we grow impatient, and the first thing we do is like... Um, and this is a scary part, but it says they spoke out against God. And um, I felt the Lord flag it for me. Lately, I think I've been in, in a few conversations where, and I think as a church, we've been under the pump in many ways, individually. Okay, Some of you have gone through really difficult things. And it's like, it was, it was, it's, it, it was tough to work through. Okay, And some of the things was like, how could... How could that have happened? You know, I didn't necessarily do anything wrong. It's like it, it has happened to me. And then we said, but how could God have done that? How could God have allowed that? You know? And, um, and just when I, when I was praying about it lately, I was like, I thought the Lord raised a flag for me there. It's like, actually, yes, like we should be cautious when we go down that line. You know? And, um, and I'm not saying we should be fake with God. It's like, oh, everything's just cool. We keep going on. But I think one of the things I've learned in my life is like there's certain blocks that God built into us. And I, I think even as elders, you know, that's one of the things that should keep us. There's certain things that, that God built into us that shouldn't move, okay? And, and I think some of those things are like, God is faithful. He's just. He's always good. He's always in control. He, he is like, like, those blocks needs to be built into us that no matter what happens, it doesn't change who God is. Yeah? It's a, it should be placed into us. And I, I, think, I think what I want to encourage you as a church, you know, I think what God is busy doing is he's building blocks into you about his character, the extremes of God, like to get to know the ways of God, to understand God. It's like, man, do not create a Jesus who we think we want him to be. And then when things go wrong, we're like, well, obviously he's not that. No, he's training us who he is so that when we go through the water, we can, we can come to him and say, Jesus, I don't understand. I really don't understand. But would you help me see? Help me see. What are you busy doing? Was it something I did? Was it something that you're trying to teach me? Was it something that I need to change? Was it, what are you trying to do? But that we don't turn to a place where we actually speak out against God and say, why have you done this? Are you guys with me? That's maybe a bit of a, a, a heavier word. But I, I feel, I just feel, you know, Mike, Mike Radigan had a picture for me a while ago where I spoke to him about tithing and stuff. And I, he just said, there's certain blocks that I've built into my life, principles that have never changed since I was this age. It was such a beautiful picture for me. And I, I think, actually, you know, even with, with the character of God, I feel like it's just things he's building into us. And I, trust me, I've been in times where I've been under the pump and, and like going through hectic stuff, like, and, uh, and, and really questioning, like, how? Why is this happening? Okay, but it mustn't shake who God is and His character in me, and it mustn't make me to a place where I start fighting and accusing God. Like, why have you done this? Right? And I, maybe just I, I thought to drop this. I don't know who this applies to this morning, but if you were at a place where you started speaking out against God, I want to encourage you this morning. It would be a good time for us to turn back and say, Lord, I'm sorry that I did that, and we, we repent. But help me see. Help me see where were you? Where, where, where were you when that happened? 
And, um, and I'm not speaking of Dickie Ma stuff here, okay? Some of the stuff's hectic. I, we met with someone I went away that went through hectic abuse when they were a child. All right? There's a lot of validation there to ask, where was Jesus? All right? But ask that question. Ask the question. Don't say, how could you have done this? It's like a different question God is giving us this morning to ask. You guys with me? All right. I took too long on that. Anyway. Um, and it says, why have you brought us up out of Egypt? There's no bread, there's no water. And then he says, and we detest this miserable food. What food did they have? Manna and quail. For the, for the English people, you're going to like this word. It's quartals. Okay, that's Afrikaans word, okay? And uh, quartals. It's just little birds that couldn't fly. They just rocked up there, okay? It was, it was a miracle, okay? Like God made a way in the desert that every morning there was bread on the ground. Okay, And there was little birds that flew there that God fed them. And they said, we hate what God is giving us. That's what they said. It's like, we don't like the food that he's giving us. And you know, it was a miracle. Can you imagine morning after morning waking up and dew turned into bread? And sometimes I think God cares for us along the way. Like, there's actually miracle by miracle daily. And, uh, but it's not what we like. I wanted a steak, not a bird. Okay, and, uh, and uh, I can imagine after 38 years, after 40 years, I think you should get up one morning to have another man I love, okay? There, there must be something in us like, yes, like it, I just can't do. Um, and what, what, when we get there with God, and we actually says, we hate what you give us, we, we, we completely miss the, the provision of the Lord that he has for us. And... Um, I want to I wanna jump in here quickly. We've been speaking a, a little bit about money lately, you know, and, um, and just um, um, provision and tithing. And actually, and one of the things that I, that I spoke to many, many of the leaders especially about when it comes to tithing is while we struggle to tithe, he says, actually, when we looked at our, look at our budget, I cannot afford to do it. And uh, I mean, you have heard with us before, says we, we, we would say you cannot afford not to do it. But actually what it comes down to, you know, when it comes to tithing, it's, it's the Lord's way. It's, I mean, I look at it sometimes. If I take my tithe away, I can pay my car off a lot quicker. Yeah, I'll, I'll just be honest, okay? That'll be very nice, okay? But actually also when you're really tight and you seem, I, I don't know if we're going to make it through the month with what I have. It's actually we're saying, it's like, I don't trust God that if I do it His way, that it's going to be able to, to take care of me. It's actually what it comes down to, you know? And, um, and I, I want to keep stirring that thing in us, you know, tithing is often a faith thing. Giving is a faith thing, you know? Even for 12 these tickets, it was a lot of money, okay? Almost all of us are going, by the way, which is really cool, okay? But, but it was a lot of money, and sometimes, like, we go, we, we stretch ourselves, and it's like, but to do it God's way, actually, every time we do it, I say to my wife, we are saying with this, we trust that God is able to take care of us. And I, I'm not dependent on my salary. God is taking care of us. And then we, then we start recognizing actually the blessing that he has entrusted to us and what he's working with us. And I, I want to remind, just encourage us here, don't despise the manna and the quail that God is providing for us and say, oh, I actually want something different. Be thankful. Be thankful what God is providing for us. Amen? I'm going quickly through a lot of stuff here. And then, then he says this. It says that the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. And... Um, and, and this is quite an interesting picture for me when I read it. It says that a snake, what, is this, what does a snake symbolize? Or Satan. Okay? Now, now you've got snakes coming in amongst the camp. And I think as Christians, the first thing we would have done is like, demon, get out. Go away from me, Satan, leave. 
And actually the Bible says, no, 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 it was God who did it. So can you imagine how is this thing that you have to hold intention? All right? Why would the Lord do that? And it actually says that the snakes bit the people and many Israelites died. So now your brother and your, your mother and your best friend passed away. And it wasn't the, the devil that did it. It was the Lord. And um, the reason why I felt to highlight that is I think sometimes when we're under the pump and we, we, we face this, on, it can have the appearance of this must be the devil. Yeah? And we try and we try and do deliverance and we pray over that thing. We cast it out. We command it to leave. We command the blessing of God over it, whatever tool you want to use for it. But actually, it's God who's, who's um, reprimanding us or disciplining us for an area that we spoke out or, or we did something wrong. And uh, no matter how hard we try to deliver that or d- get casted out, actually what it's looking for is repentance, the change of heart. And, um, and, and maybe something I want to encourage us this morning here is if, is if you are going through a troubling season and it even has the appearance of surely this can't be a training time. I want to ask you this morning, there's actually a moment for us to say, God, or is there something I did wrong that you're trying to, to, to discipline me and bring me back? And, and where I need to repent. And when they repent, even though the snakes were still there, God gives the way out. It's making sense. It's extremes here this morning. That I'm trying to, if you're struggling with this, you're welcome to ask Kim afterwards. Um, <coughs> and, uh, but um, this is the Lord, okay? And um, this is the same God who died for us on the cross. This is this God who did this, all right? And, uh, and then he says that make a snake and put it on a pole. And it's funny, you wouldn't think that a snake would be the thing that you would put on a pole for salvation, all right? Just when I read it, actually, I felt also, you know, Jesus in John 3, verse 14, 15 said this. It says that when the Son of Man is lifted up on a pole, like the bronze snake was, whoever looks to him will find salvation. And you know, when Jesus was lifted up on that cross, he didn't look like the Son of God. He, he says he became sin. He, he actually was the thing that destroyed us, the thing that kills us. He became that for us. Yet, he, he overcame the grave. Yeah? And if we look to him today, there's salvation and there's healing available for us. There's, there's vision, there's wisdom. We need to look, look to him today. That's the symbol that he has for us. Are you guys with me? All right. And... Um, just something I want to encourage us, you know, um, is maybe when we speak about looking to God, I want to say, what is in your head when you look to Him, um, when, you, when you approach God? What do you see? What is a, who do you come to when we say we look to God? And I, I shared this before, but when we were kids, our, my parents used to play with us a, um, a game in the car. When, if we were driving a long way, we'd, we'd pick a number of the al- or letter of the alphabet. We'd start there. So let's say, for example, we start with A. And my mom would say, what characteristics of God starts with A? Or what, 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 how do we describe God with the letter of, with A? Okay, let me begin. He's the Alpha. And uh, He's Almighty. He's awesome. He's, and we would just name stuff about God. We would go to the next, next letter. And we would just name characteristics, aspects of God. Like this describes Him. And you know what it did for us as kids, you know? Even as we, uh, even though I didn't always understand what it practically means, is I knew the, like the, the way or the different ways, like who is God when we come to? And, and sometimes when I think, after, especially after I got saved and there were times that I was like, that I had to run to God, I knew that I could run to the Lord who's my rock, my, my safe place, my fortress. I knew His name. I could call on the name. 
Okay? I could run in this. Like when I didn't know what to do, it says that God is a counselor. I can run to him. He's a counselor. It's like when, when, I, when I was in trouble and I didn't know what to do and I couldn't find a steady place for my feet, he says that God is a rock and I, I need to build on him. And I, It's like, you know, these different pictures and the attributes of God. It's like, I want to ask, do you know who God is when you run to him? Or is it just a being? It's like God wants to become personal for us, you know. And, uh, and I want to stir us, get to know God. Get to know God. Get to know who He is, you know. Gonna get, and, and not only when you're in trouble. Get to know Him when it's going well, because you're going to need Him when it's in tough seasons. No amens then. But um, <laughs> thank you. Thanks, George. All right. Build your life on the rock. just want to stir you with that. Build your life on the rock, the one that cannot be moved. Sand is everything that you can see, our plans, our ideas, our money, our, our things. Build on the rock. All right. The second thing that I want to stir us um, this morning is that, you know, you need to make time for him. And I, I've labored this before, but I, we need to get there again. You need to make time for him to seek him. We can't get around it. You need, you need, you need time to look. You need time to look. You know, I was thinking, um, reading the Bible, sometimes can be quite funny. I don't know if you, if, if you read it. If you often read it, then it says... Um, I, I, I want to use this silly example now. This is like, uh, be careful for your heart not to grow hot. And you think like, yes, like Baron really needs to read this. <laughs> okay, I'm using this example now. If you're reading the Bible like that, it's like, oh, if only this person can read this. Okay, yet the, the, the word is very applicable to everyone else in our community or in our church. But it's not like it's cutting us properly. Have you guys found that before? And uh, so, so we can read the scripture that where Matthew 6, where Jesus said to them, what now? <laughs> By, yeah, we, we all think about Baron when we read, but I'm joking. <laughs> no, we, so, so Matthew 6, Jesus said this, when you pray, what does he say? Go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your father who sees you in secret. And you're like, well, that's great. I just don't have the time for that. I think when, back in the day, when the people weren't that busy, they had time for it. Today, I don't have the car. I'll close the car door. It's not applicable to me at this moment anymore. And actually what we do is like we, we try and create ways for us to get out of this thing that the word doesn't cut us anymore. Yet what Jesus said is when you pray, when you seek me, make time, close the door and find me. Seek me. And I, I want to I knock that thing out of us again, you know. If we fall into the habit where we say, it's like, look, I'm trying, but I have an hour on the road into Cape Town every day. I'll just do it on the way there then. You have some manner. But it's not, it's not letting the word cut us. All right? It's like we, and I, I know we, we're all busy in different, in different shapes, forms, and sizes, okay? Life, life is busy. But I just want to reiterate for us again. Like, and I, I want to say, in the car, on the way to work, it's great. We need, I do that, okay? When I drive, I put on stuff and I find God, I worship Him, I seek Him. But I also do it when I'm at home. And I'll make time for him. Okay? We've got a one that's busy in the mornings. Okay? Sometimes up at 5.30 and I'm like, oh my goodness, how do I do it now? I need to make time. I want to I find time and I want to I see God. Yesterday I would say this. I, was, um, I said to Marissa, I need to take the day and I just need to find God and prep, you know, and get together. And I, they were in the house and I went into Lisa's room and I closed the door. And I was there for probably two hours, you know. And then Marissa to come in because Lisa had to sleep. 
And uh, when she came in, God was there, you know, and I, I was just weeping because like, I, I was with God. And when I was prepping, and I was like, okay, I want to go out. And I, she put it to bed, and I ran to the lounge, and I was like, and I, I said to the Lord, please don't leave me. Please don't leave me. Because I, I was with God, right? And, but, I, but I made time to find him. And I would say, normally on a Saturday, I'm quite weak with that, if I'm honest. Okay? But, but yesterday, when I, when I met with him, I, I, honestly, the, the, the phrase that I had in my heart was like, Jesus, please don't leave me. Don't leave me. But I made time to seek him. And I want to say, guys, don't try and get around this one. Jesus said, if you want to find me, close your door and make time, find me. All right? And so what I want to do here with the second point, I actually felt I want to read some scripture that, that it's not my opinion that I'm trying to put on you. I just want to read stuff and let the word cut you when it comes to this, okay? But 1 Chronicles 16 verse 11, it says this, Look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. 1 Chronicles twenty two nineteen it says, Now devote your heart and your soul to seeking the Lord your God. Begin to build the sanctuary of the Lord your God, so that you may bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the sacred articles belonging to the Lord into the temple. What is that basically saying? It says, so that you can bring the presence of God to the house. Devote yourself to seek the Lord, so that you can learn to bring the presence of God when you come to the temple. That we build for, that we build for the name of the Lord. Proverbs 8, 17 says this, I love those who love me. This is God speaking. And those who seek me, find me. I just want to remind you, it might not be the first morning. It might, might not be the second morning. It might not be the third morning. But if you seek him, you'll find him. Don't stop after one week and say, no, it doesn't work. Keep going. Psalm 9, nine says this, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold. Again, this is who he is. A stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name trust in you. And this is why I want to encourage us, know the name of God, okay? Those who know his name, those who know who he is, trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. This is the block. This is the block. He's never done it. So help me understand when I, when I don't understand, okay? God has never forsaken us. And we put that into us because we know who he is. Psalm 34 says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Fear the Lord, you, you, his holy people. For those who fear him lack nothing. And remind us, coming to money, those who fear God will lack nothing. For, those who, for lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. I just want to stir us again, you know. It might not always be the steak that you wanted on the ground this morning, but you'll lack no good thing. Right? Maybe sometimes we just need to be okay to go through tighter seasons. But we have God. You can lose your house, but you won't lose God. And that's okay. Alright? Job 5 says this, But if I were you, I would appeal to God, and I would lay my cause before Him. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed miracles that cannot be counted. Do you know that when we come to God, this is who He is. It is it's, it's who He is. Even when we prayed this morning, there was a sense of faith that when we come to God, He's alive and He's a God of miracles. When we come to Him, He's not a dead God. He's, he's available for us. He's, he, he does wonders that cannot be counted and, uh, and miracles that cannot be fathomed. This is who He is. This is the one who we come to. 
Okay? When I approach Him, when I, when I draw near to God, that is who I see. And I come with faith. And I want to land with this point. Um, you know, interesting, when the Bible speaks to us in, in Thessalonians, for example, Jesus, or God refers to us as a spirit, soul, and body. Have you guys heard that before? And if you find it in the Bible, in the Bible it often says spirit, soul, body, spirit, soul, body. And one of the things I heard recently, actually, when we were in Jaba, the guy was referring to, says, you know, with yoga and the Eastern religions and those things, you know what they're training the people to, like who you are? Soul, spirit, body. Yeah. And why that is important, and, and why, I wanna, why I'm highlighting it this morning, is actually what they're training the people is like, your emotions needs to lead your spirit and your body where you want to go. Where actually God says, your spirit man needs to, needs, to, needs to lead your life, and you actually need to get your emotions to, like, even though I don't feel like it, I, I believe that this is what the Lord says, no, we're going to get there. And our spirit man needs to lead our, our, our lives. And... Um, why, why I wanted to highlight this this morning, you know, and I just read yesterday quickly, what is your soul? It says your soul is the part of you that consists of your mind, your character, your thoughts, your feelings, and your will. And um, why is this important for us, okay? It says because our, our feelings and our emotions and our will cannot determine our faith, all right? So actually, we need to get our spirit to a place where our spirit leads what we feel. It says, um, David did it, you know, when he spoke to him, he says, why are you so downcast, my soul? Spoke to his soul. He says, rise up and praise God. And, um, and I think we're even coming into a season, you know, as a church, where we need to learn to do that to our emotions and to our will. And says, why are you like that? Rise up and praise God. Get there. Whatever you do, get there. Uh, even with some of you, when I was speaking to you, it says, I know you're going through the pump, but right now some of you need to stand. Whatever you do, get there on a Sunday, get to Wednesday. You can't afford to let your emotions start leading you. You need to learn to stand and, and lead your, let your spirit lead you. Yeah? And for all of us, I want to stir us this morning. Let, the, like, and even this is, a, this is actually a phrase I thought, like you know, when you read the Bible, it says like, the heart is deceitful above all else. We immediately think like, yeah, that person needs to read this. Okay? Like, but we never think like, my heart is deceitful because I know my heart. Have you guys thought, like, thought about that before? It's like, it's really not my heart. I can trust my heart. No, no, no. I want to say your heart is deceitful above all else. You cannot rely on your emotions. You cannot, you cannot trust your emotions. You cannot be led by it. Let your spirit lead you. Okay? And what the spirit says is, see God. What the spirit says is, you need to look to God. What the spirit says is like, I don't know how you're going to do it and where you're going to find time. But you, need to, you need to find God. You need to start looking to the Lord who is your safe place. Lamentations 3, 22 says this. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. <laughs> Otherwise, you would have done it. Okay? For his compassions never fail. The other translation says his mercies never fail. They are new every morning. I want to say, when you, when you see God in the morning, it's new mercy every day. Every day, there's new compassion for us. There's new mercy for us when we find the Lord in the morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, and this is maybe that portion, it's like we need to say to ourselves, we need to speak to our souls here like David is. Like, say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Now, I, I mentioned this before I left on holiday. I said, like, one of the things my grandpa said, like, that he wish he, if he had to do, redo his life, one thing he could have done better is that he's given more time for himself to wait upon the Lord. And um, 
you know, I'm trying to learn that, you know, now. It's like, I, I wish that I could train myself now already to give God more time to speak to me. Give God more time to work in my heart here, to, 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 to search me, to, to work me, to, to wait upon the Lord. Because the Lord is good to those who hope, whose hope is in Him. To the one who seeks Him, it is good to wait quietly for the Lord, for the salvation of the Lord. And now, I just want to stir us again. It's good for you tomorrow morning when you wake up to wait for the Lord. Make time to find Him. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he's young. Let's get this right while we're young. And, uh, and not wait till we're we old to try and change us. It's good for us now to, to adjust this and build this into us. And um, so maybe Francho and the team can come up so long. We, we're going we're to look to him this morning. But I, when, I, when I spoke to Boren in the week, I said for, for us the, the, the response for me this morning is quite tricky. Um, what is it that the Lord wants us, want us to respond to? Because I, I would hate for us to hear this morning, it's like, okay, I'll try again. And uh, then, we, then we lost three days or two days or a day and we try and do it and then life gets a hold of us again and it gets busy. And I want to say right now, I'm looking at the calendar ahead of us of the next few months, it's busy. All right? So if we're waiting for a quiet patch for most of us, I don't think it's going to happen. All right? And, um, and, and so what is, what is our response to the Lord this morning that will that that be appropriate for us after this word? Did the word make sense to you guys this morning? Let me just ask that. Like I could feel God is, God is busy with us now. But, but two things that I, that, I, that I think will be appropriate this morning for us to respond to is firstly, so there was an emphasis for me when the Israelites spoke out against God and they spoke out against Moses and they, they grumbled and they complained and they grew impatient. They actually, there was a, there was a, a posture that was off yeah? and it brought disconnect. And, um, and I want to I wanna just stir us in uh, this morning, when I, when I was sharing, and there was maybe a moment that, that the Lord flagged for you. It's like, you know, when you, when you responded like this in that, and you spoke out against me, to actually repent this morning, and like the Israelites said, said to Moses, we're sorry, we've sinned against God when we spoke out against you and the Lord. And, um, and I, I want to give you opportunity this morning. If there was a moment in the last while where you spoke out against God and just said, like, how could God have done this? Or if God is like this, how could He feel allowed that? If and it, it had that tone to it, that, that that phrase that I want to encourage you to respond to the Lord this morning. And it's it is it's easy. You just say, Lord, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's it, okay? And you turn back to Him. It says, God, I'm sorry that I questioned Your character. I'm sorry that I that I tried to play God, <laughs> but You God. And uh, so I want to I want to say, if that is You, even while I'm speaking, I want to encourage you to stand um, and, and just make right between You and the Lord this morning. Um, now, okay, there's some, okay, thank you, I, I, I do feel there's some, um, that need to respond to God this morning, um, with that, you want to talk? Yeah, please. Just to help us respond, you know, 40 days was a, a testing time of completion, and sometimes we, we turn from the Lord on 38 days, and we say, God, it's enough, you've taken this thing too far. And we actually rebel against the Lord. And there's something about letting God's timing be fulfilled in our lives. Now, I, I know for myself, I've, I've, at the end of a trial, I've gone, God, no, no. And I've turned from the Lord. And I want to encourage us this morning. Would you accept the trials that God brings to you? Because nothing comes to us that's not tailor-made for our lives. Nothing. 
And when you learn to praise when there's only quail and only manna, and you learn to say, God, this is enough for me, there's something that happens in you that will never happen on the mountaintops. Can I encourage you to come into full repentance this morning? Can I share one more thing? Um, in my teen years, when I came to seeking God, there were so much unhealed things in my heart, in my mind, that to practice God's presence was very difficult. It was, it was, it was, a, it was a trauma to practice God's presence. But God's presence broke in. In my 20s, the desire for many other things was a wrestle. And you had to learn to stay in God's presence until the desire of God and for His purposes and for who He was was my primary thing. What is it for you? In my 30s, it was I was drunk with stress. I worked hard. To come into God's presence when you work hard is not easy because you have a thousand things working in your mind. And so I had to learn to overcome stress. I had to learn to stay quiet. I also was not connected to my heart. When you work hard, it's not easy to be connected to your own heart. So you come into God's presence, there's nothing. If you're a man, you need to learn to become present to your own heart and the heart of God. I wonder if there's a woman here that can share. What wrestles have you gone through? In my 40s and 50s, it's got easier. Why? Because my heart's been trained. I can come into God's presence quite easily. You learn those things. Don't waste your youth. It's now the time for you to learn how to work with the Lord. This is a very good word that's been shared this morning. Yeah. Let me just, before we move on, I just want to pray with this group that's standing. And um, Lord, I just want to thank you for repentance this morning. Um, Father, and we, we do turn to you this morning. And I just say, God, like it is clear that we don't often understand what you're doing. And um, sometimes we, we grow impatient and grumble and uh, moan, and we actually miss you. But I, I want to pray this morning, would you wash us and forgive us from areas where we spoke out against your character and, and who you are and question you and speak out against God and actually quite prideful in many ways. And I, I just pray, Lord, this morning, would you, would you cleanse any, any sin in that regard, Lord, that, that came in and and maybe even areas where you, where you disciplined us. And maybe some of the suffering that some of these are experiencing is actually a form of discipline because of that. Let's just pray, Lord, would you forgive them this morning and, and give the way out. And this morning that they can look to you on the cross. And uh, that you became sin so that they can be forgiven. Just bless you, Lord. I just pray for each one that's standing, Lord, that you wash them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. And we declare, God, that you're in control, always faithful, always good, always for us. You're our rock, our fortress, our safe place, our salvation, our God in whom we trust. It's who you are, Lord. Bless you, God. Maybe just a, a second portion. I, I feel like actually all of us need to respond this morning, but um, to put our hope and our trust in God again. Um, to even, even when it comes to connection with Him, to believe that He's able. He says, He promises that if you seek me, you'll find me. 
And to say this morning, we believe you, God, that, that if, you, if you want us to seek you, you're available and we can find you. And, um, and we hope hopelessness and discouragement crept in and actually unbelief in many ways. That this morning as a church, we can say, God, we trust you again and we put our hope in you. Um, we're going to look to the Lord this morning. We're going to lift our gaze. We're going to lift our eyes to look to the one who's greater than what is in this world. And even what the enemy intended for evil, God can turn it for good. And I want to encourage you, if you want to do that this morning and just say, God, we put our hope and our trust in you. Don't you want to stand with? And, um, and just as, a, as an act, God, I say, we choosing to let our spirits lead our souls <laughs> and not be led by our, our emotions, but we believe God this morning. Amen. Lord, I just want to pray, God, as your church, we just lift our eyes to you this morning. And uh, we, come to you, we come to you this morning. The one who, whose wonders is beyond, what, beyond fathom and his miracles cannot even be counted. It's who we come to this morning. And uh, I just want to pray for us as a church, Lord, even as we're going to run into worship this morning, God, we turn our gaze to you this morning. We look to you, God. We want to find you with all of our hearts. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We bless you, God.